Okay, I'm here today with Mike Rogers. Um, Mike lives in Tokyo, and he is a D radio DJ, he's a film producer, and he is running the Japan International Film Festival. Uh, yes. He also writes for LouRockwell.com. Yes. And uh, take it away, Mike. Hi, Brittany. Brittany, is that how you pronounce yes, your name? Yes, yes, yes. We've never actually... So we... we chat on Facebook and, and yeah. emails and for, for years we've been yeah. talking, but we've never actually met face to face. So this is the first yeah, time. Yeah, Brittany, meeting. yay. <laughs> yes, the, you're famous in Japan. <laughs> and um, well, um, first off, let me tell you, uh, I really am honored to meet you. Your father was very instrumental in um, changing the way my political thinking went. Um, he wrote an article, and I still refer to it today. I've sent it, forwarded it to hundreds of people, and it's called What is Anarchy? Do you know the article? I remember and that one, yeah. Because, you know, on the news uh, on the news now, they'll say, you know, anarchists have hit our street and stuff, things like that. It's like, no, this is not, that is not anarchy. That is just a convenient phrase that the modern mass media uses to describe something they don't understand. But your father's, your father's article was so, I mean, it, it just opened my eyes up and thought, yeah, this is, this is actually the way it is. You know, and he talked about how everyone experiences anarchy every day in their lives. When you're driving your car on the freeway, mm -hmm. cars move over and let you come in. There's, there's, you know, you just do that. It's a human interaction with each other, and there's no rules. And if you're a decent human being, then everything's okay. And uh, that was one of the probably the most influential art article. And the second one was I don't know if you read it, and it was called Thirteenth Floor, Thirteenth Floors, and it's by um, I think so. He's a he's a professor at Loyola. Um, what's his name? Oh, Walter, Tom, Walter Block. Oh, Walter Block. Yes, yes. Oh, you gotta look. You gotta look it up. Thirteen yeah, okay. floors. That is had to be the funniest article I have. <laughs> I have probably read on the internet, and I I've read it over and over so many times. It's just so funny. And I told I will him link that, to it in the show notes. I'll link to it. Okay. And uh, yeah, and what is anarchy? Those two articles. That was just so funny. So anyway, I started writing for um, Lou Rockwell, and. Uh, I had written articles for so many different magazines and they always got rejected because um, I like to write humor. And, you know, I, I sent an article into Lou Rockwell and I don't even remember what it was, but um, he accepted it and I was so happy and I had been rejected so many times, 25 or 30 times by all these different, even really crappy magazines and then I started writing for him a lot. And all my articles generally were humor. Because I, I can't write about politics. I mean, they have all these political big shots. They got Butler Schaefer. They got Ron Paul. They got, you know, what am I going to write about? I live in Japan. So I wrote, you know, just humor. And uh, I haven't been writing recently, maybe the last, I've really s slowed down the last three or four years. And the reason being, and this is maybe my excuse, um, I just don't understand the zeitgeist in America anymore. I, I just, yeah. it's so yeah. 
foreign to me. And um, when was the last time you were here? Uh, maybe seven or eight years ago. Okay. And my father was really sick and um, he was dying. So I used to go there and take care of him for two or three weeks, come back to Japan, go back there three or four days later and take care of him. And then after maybe the fourth or fifth time that I went there, he, he passed away. And um, I have no reason to go to the States anymore because my mom passed away a long time ago. My dad passed away. I have two brothers, but they fight all the time. I don't (laughs) want to deal with it. And you, Brittany, you've been here. You've been, you've lived in Japan. Yeah. So, I mean, when you say that, it just, it really reminds me. So I lived in Japan in the, in the mid nineties and I had been in Asia for a while. I've actually altogether, I've spent about 10 years in Mm. between Hong Kong, Taiwan, Japan. And I only spent about a little more than two years in Japan, Mm -hmm. but coming back to, I came straight back from, from Tokyo to California yeah. And that was the biggest culture shock I've ever been through in my life. Really? And it was it was a little bit what you what you're talking about. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's the same thing, but coming back here, you know, I was coming from a place where I was a foreigner, mm-hmm. but I had developed an appreciation for the culture that I mm-hmm. that I lived in. And I just felt I still feel like it's the most civilized place I've ever lived. Hmm. And at the same time, I had in my head, well, you know, I've been living overseas all these years. One day I'll go back to the States and then I'll feel at home. You know, I'll feel Uh, like I'm in my own culture. hmm. And it was just the opposite. It was, it was like, oh my God, here I am back in the culture I came from. And I've never felt like more of a foreigner. Oh, just and what it was in 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 America in particular, what what struck me the most, I think, was, and this was back in the mid nineties. This was nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. The fear, all the fear, being pumped through television, the media, everywhere you looked, it was fear, fear, fear. It was like people were being pumped up to be afraid of something all the time, whether it was crime or terrorists, or I mean, it wasn't really terrorists back yeah. then. It was drugs, whatever it was, it was this constant feed of fear. And yeah. that's just gotten worse. Yeah. Well, I, I, every time it used to be that I would go back to the States, I would always have this bad feeling in my stomach, like butterflies or something like, Oh my God, I'm going back there. And then pe- people don't realize it, but you know, when, when you land at LA airport, there Worst is airport. Just, to come into there is just palatable some kind of fear or race racist kind of thinking or you can just feel it yeah but you know you you come to japan and i'm not saying japanese aren't aren't racist but basically in this country and this is why i think uh i like to think that this is a very civilized country too nobody cares what you do you know everybody has their own problems and if if you want to, if I don't, if you, nobody wants to have an abortion, but if it's your business, it's not my business. I'm not pregnant. So you do what, whatever you think you need to do. And if, if Tato and Junji want to get married or something, nobody cares. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. not a big deal. The, the United States is so full of busybodies. 
Yeah. And it's so funny, you know, listening to people here talk about, you know, go on about how this is the freest country in the world. It's always people who've never lived anywhere else, by the way, because, and again, it's different when you're a foreigner, because I felt like as a foreigner in Japan, I wasn't subject to the same social pressures. You know, nobody expected me to behave the right way or to speak the right way. And I got a lot of forgiveness for, for breaking social, you know, yeah. I don't, there aren't the same expectations, but at the same time, it's like you say, I felt like just from what I saw, there's more of a respect for individuals and individuality in Japan than there is in the United States. There's less, you know, as, as much as people have a perception that it's this strict culture with all these rules and everything. And I mean, there's probably some truth to that, but it's not this, it's not a culture of busybodies. There's respect for boundaries, I guess. There's yeah. respect for this is yours and this is mine. And and yet at the same time, it's it's a very, very social. Very, there's, I don't know if this is just an American thing, but there's this mythology that's been perpetrated about individual rights and individualism. And it's all about how, well, if you believe in individual rights, you must want people to be separate and not participating in society and not caring for each other. And it's like, to me, Japan is just, it's, it's just one example, you know, Hong Kong is another of just the opposite of that, of, of, you know, in so many ways, people's, people's individuality is, is more respected in Japan, but you can't tell that to Americans. They're like, no, no, we're the freest country on earth. And yeah, well, you know, in Japan, um, you can go walk down the street, smoke a cigarette, Drink a drink a bunch of alcohol. Get totally is it okay to say shit face? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hop on the train, totally drunk, and everyone will. No one will get mad at you or anything, but they'll think like, "Oh, he's drunk." Right. And that's right. it. Right. He's drunk. There's Let's space. Leave him alone. <laughs> right. It's like there's there's space in the culture for people's foibles. You yeah. Know, they're not trying to fix everybody and make everybody you know, perfect. It's like, yeah, right. It's like, oh, he's drunk. You know, I just remember, you know, watching like secretaries at midnight throwing up into the subway and it's like, you know, it's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not pleasant, but it's, you don't, you don't go on this big crusade. Oh, we've got to stop secretaries drinking late at night. Kind of, it's like, no, it's, it's what they do. And yeah. And, um, you know, if they're not bothering you, leave them alone. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) right. That's basically the way it is. And the other the other thing that, about Japan that I, I really like, of course, there's basically no crime. Yeah. Oh, my God. I tell people, you know, as a single young woman, I could walk across Tokyo, literally, and I did this a few times, from one end of Tokyo, down, like, you know, a four-hour walk, midnight, and not have to worry. I mean, not, you know, not that I'm not, you know, totally oblivious, but I wasn't worried. You know, yeah, I, I I tell my foreign friends when they come here, they'll, they'll say like, "Is it safe to go walk out around the night?" <laughs> no, no, don't worry. You're the most dangerous person within one kilometer of you. <laughs> right, right. And it's so it, it's so sad to me because I don't think any American who who spent their whole life in America, <clears throat> no matter where you live in America, I don't think anyone can really appreciate that. You know, to to live in a big major city and have that level of safety. It's it's such an incredible feeling. And yeah, when, yeah. Well, when I first came, um, I was in Shinjuku. I think it was uh-huh. like two thirty in the morning, and I was walking down a street, 
And all of a sudden, two guys started walking behind me. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to get rolled. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm in Japan. And then <laughs> I stopped. It stopped. And they, they just, two, two guys, just, they just walked by. They were chatting about something. <laughs> that right. was it. Right. And, um, but that, that's the best thing about Japan. And I, I wish the United States would be become more that, that way. Not so many people don't do this, don't do that, do this, do th that. And everyone's so worried about what everyone else is doing, it seems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think um, my theory is that has to do with Christianity. I'm not sure. Possibly. And possibly. Well, I was I, just, I, yeah, I, I had Don Bedreau on my show the other day, and we were talking about how, how Puritanism has never really left. It, it's sort of imbued our whole, our whole culture. And yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but uh, yeah, I, I like Japan. It's a very nice place to live. And um, for example, like uh, you're having a big Corona, uh, yes. COVID, I don't know, what do you call it? Corona or COVID-19? COVID, I mean, people call it different things. The pandemic. Um, yeah. The, the COVID. Some people call it the COVID. Um, it's nuts. It's not okay, so what, let me give the data from mm. up until uh, November 9th at midnight. So 782 people got sick. 12 people died so far since um, February of this year. 1,836 people have died. Sorry, 1,836. 836. And this is for all of Japan? Yeah. What's in the population Tokyo, again? Uh, about 140 million. Okay. I'm not um, do the math on that right now, but yeah. Okay. So, um, in Japan, the government tried to. This is another thing that's different about the United States. The government tried to lock down the country, but the Supreme Court said no immediately, mm -hmm. like that a. And there, there has been no lockdowns. I know that the restaurants around around here, some of the guys are smart, and they've been open the whole time, and they're doing good business because a lot of restaurants, oh, well, we better close for two weeks or something like that, mm -hmm. and they lost customers. But um, it's, um, it's, 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 when I, it's difficult to say. People... People, Japanese people, like if the government says, we really recommend that you wear masks, everyone will wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Everybody yeah. still wears a mask here. And uh, except for sometimes I go to the store and I see dumb foreigners walking mm -hmm. around without a mask. And I think, no, no, don't you understand? This is Japan. You don't wear the mask for you. You wear the mask for other people. And so... I, I sometimes forget to take a mask too. And then I wind up buying a pack at the Seven Eleven or whatever, but um, Corona here. And I just wrote this information. I think um, uh, Thailand, uh, Taiwan has had seven people dead. So you can look that up. Just look at Taiwan, Corona deaths, seven people dead. Since over what period? Six months. Seriously? Yeah. And then wow. um, Sweden had like yeah. uh, 2,400 or something like that. Yeah. And the United States yeah. has like 240,000. Okay. I, 
I read an article written by a Japanese doctor and a, a American PhD doctor that they co-wrote. I don't check out the mainstream media news. I I never check. I don't have a TV mm. or anything. Good for you. But they they said that um, their theory was that the reason why so many more Americans are dying than Japanese is because so many more Americans are obese. That is that is a cofactor. Obesity and diabetes are yeah. both two. The other thing is, I don't know if you heard about this, but in, in several states, New York being the, the most predominant, the governors actually ordered nursing homes to take in COVID COVID-19 positive patients. Yeah, so, I read about that. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's just... That's murder. That's that's. Well, what, why did they, why did they make the these, um, I, what are nursing homes, taking yeah. sick people? What for? I think at the time, and from from just off the top of my head, I believe at the time it was that they didn't want to overwhelm. They were worried about having overwhelming the hospitals, um, which I find hard to believe because even in New York City, where some hospitals were having trouble, but they had this big you know navy ship come in to be hospital, you know, to take over hospital capacity. They had, you know, hospital facilities built out in the parks and stuff. They were, had overcapacity. I mean, had they moved things, there were some hospitals that were in trouble, but it's not because there wasn't enough overall capacity. So as far as I can see, there wasn't really a good reason for that. Oh, I, I read where um, a lot of uh, U.S. hospitals are going bankrupt. Yes, yes. Um I don't have the number in front of me, but it's mm -hmm. over a hundred rural hospitals have closed for good. There's been a lot of furloughing of hospital staff. This has been oh. going on for months, and it's it's mostly smaller rural hospitals, um, mostly more so in the south, mm -hmm. um, that are just they're 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 gone. They're just gone. So these communities now, because of this this crisis. Are now without hospitals. So, wow. you know, and, and the whole point, the whole point of the lockdowns was supposedly to flatten the curve so that the hospitals weren't overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Well, they never were overwhelmed, but because they weren't able to take in other, you know, non-COVID patients and, you know, treat people with cancer or, you know, do diagnostics yeah. and that kind of thing. Some of them have just gone out of business. It's really, um, it's a, That's it's a big really problem. strange. Yeah. That's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. But something you mentioned, though, about the, the attitude, because this is something that it's hard to explain. Um, so the, the whole attitude towards government, I feel like when I was living in Japan, mm -hmm. I didn't have to think about the government. No, I didn't. It was way <laughs> it was way in the background. I didn't. I was able to focus on my work and my friends and just how beautiful everything was. And it was a really wonderful time. It's only when I come back here and it's it, the government has such a it's got such a big role in everything that you kind of can't not think about it. And so I feel like, you know, when I hear people here will talk about the Japanese or the, the South Koreans or people in Asia, sometimes people in Sweden, too. And they'll talk about them as if they're obedient. And they say, oh, well, they're just they're just they're just obedient to the government and, and they're not going to rebel. And that's not really it in my, in my experience. It's more that they don't have, they don't have to be as distrustful of government as we do because mm. the government's not 
banging on them all day long over every yeah. little thing. And so you, it, it is a different attitude and it's, and there is, there's, there's room for this. You know, you mentioned people, you know, wearing the masks and there's, I feel like there's a lot, not only in Japanese culture, but in other Asian, Asian cultures where you're doing something for the benefit of the people around you, even if it's not really for their benefit, it's, it may just be to show that you're considerate. Yes. In, in basically, and of course it's, it's different everywhere, but basically Japan, Korea, China, and Southeast Asia, um, people belong to their families. They don't belong to themselves. So you can't bring mm-hmm. disgrace upon your family. So if, if you were out like, you, you go out in the neighborhood and you get really drunk and start, you know, beating on somebody's wall fence at their house or something like that. Your family <laughs> is going to lose space. And it's the same thing um, with like wearing a mask. You know, oh, I saw, you know, Kato-san at the, the grocery store the other day. and They didn't have a mask. That's not good. You know, so um, I, you know, I have a theory. Wait. I, I feel your dad's calling me right now. I have a theory. I have a theory about why in Japan people don't really care about the government. Mm-hmm. And, and the, people are surprised. I mean, I, just like you, I, I tell my American friends, nobody cares. Um, yeah. During the war, um, the Japanese government, um, you know, of course they did a lot of bad things. U S government did a lot of bad things. Chinese government, did, they all did a lot of bad things because war makes people crazy. So after the war ended, um, the U the U S occupation government came in and MacArthur did everything in the really, you know, didn't order the Japan, you're going to do this, but really, you know, help fo- focus them on go this way and make these laws. And then, what happened was, um, do you know a guy named Noburu, Noboru Kishi? I don't think so. Okay, Kishi was uh, the minister of munitions under the Tojo government. The Tojo government was World War II government. Yeah. He was convicted as a Class A war criminal. So um, he went to prison for 10 years. When he got out of prison, you know what happened to him? He became prime minister, of course. So here's, you know, the Japanese people are probably thinking like, all right, well, you know, this government got us into this big ass war with the United States, Russia, UK, whatever. And then after the war is over, the same guys come back and they're in the government. So they're kind of, they're very um, apathetic or ambivalent. Cynical, I'm, yeah, cynical uh, about the government. Some people... Vote older people vote, but the the younger people they just don't vote. Hmm. And I've even made TV commercials for for telling young younger people to go out. I got paid, so that don't don't blame me. Okay, so that's all right then. <laughs> but you know, so you know, in in Nazi Germany after the war, the Nazis had to run away to, to Argentina or whatever. But in Japan, they became prime minister, and I think to this day. That same government um, political party has been in power for probably, I don't know, 74 out of 77 years. Wow. And it's just nobody. Wow. I, I, I meet very few people who care. 
And even if you even if you said no, I don't like I don't like uh, I don't even know what the new what's the new prime minister's name, dear. Ani, Ani, Sunasan. is the new prime minister. Did you what? It's so great that you don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. I, I didn't know. I mean, I know what he looks like, kind of. <laughs> but um, uh, before we had Abe, I've never yeah. ever heard anyone arguing. Is Abe good or bad? I mean, I've heard people say, yeah, I don't like the government, but that's it. Nobody argues with them and and does that. In fact, I'll tell you a little a little um, anecdotal evidence. Last week, I went to the local yakitori, and I used to go there a lot, but since COVID happened, I've been sitting at home getting drunk. And um, so I go to the local yakitori there, and they they all know me, and the master is a really nice guy. He introduced me to this new waitress, and I don't know what her name is, but she was like, I don't know, 18, 19 years old. And she said to me, are you an American? I said, well, yeah, I'm from America. And she said, wow, I envy you so much. <gasps> Why? And she said, you, you guys are running your presidential election, and it looks so fun. People are going out with flags and horns and stuff and, and screaming. It looks like so much fun. And I said, no, 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 no. I, you don't oh. understand. This is not a festival. It's, it's not a matzo. <laughs> <laughs> like in oh, Japan, Japan right. you would have a matsuri, right? right? Like a festival, right. and everybody would be clapping and blowing horns and doing stuff like that. Uh, I just told her, no, 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 no. It's it's different there. If you say that you like candidate A or candidate B, and then the other person doesn't like that, you might get punched in the face. So don't don't think it's it's all fun and stuff. But it really surprised me. Mm. shocked me that here is a university girl and of course she probably watches regular tv and does tiktok and all that and she thinks wow what fun what fun that's like going to disneyland <laughs> <laughs> well you know i mean people some people like watching movies about the mob and think that that must be fun it's different it's exciting i don't know and if yeah. you don't, you know, if you don't really, if you're not really there and you don't really understand how ugly politics has made everything here, you know. It's yeah, well, she, you know, she's typical Japanese and she has the point of view of the way Japanese politics are. And right. people never argue about that here. And she's yeah. just thinking, wow, such fun. <laughs> <laughs> that looks oh so my God. fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And I, I, I was so shocked and I thought, wow, this is, this is what your typical 18, 19-year-old thinks in this country about it. And I, I don't watch the, really watch the news. I, I don't watch any American news sources at all because um, I just can't believe them. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's, I, I don't either. I, I read, I'll read stuff that people post. I'll, I end up reading some things from the New York Times and, and other mainstream sources occasionally. Yeah, but it's most of it is most of it is pure propaganda, and it's it's just it's aimed at such a low common denominator. Yeah, it's depressing. It's if you if you keep your head in there, it, it can be really depressing. Yeah, yeah. that's really bad. Um, I don't know what to say, and I don't really want to say too much about it. But <laughs> no, um, but I I wish I. Uh, 
I don't I don't know if the people living in Japan really appreciate what they've got because I feel like I've what I've been watching since mostly since 9/11. Mm-hmm. I mean it's been go the roots go deeper than that, but what I've been watching since 9/11 is really sort of the total state taking over yep. the country and the the sort of the cultural the social um the 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 human aspects of that are very real i mean you know there are people who who won't speak to each other you know f- friendships are being it's it's a little bit like the cultural revolution in china which just ripped apart families ripped apart communities and instilled this this doctrine of fear yeah and it to to me it's all and it's not just about covid it's not just that stuff it really started ramping up after 9/11 and it's really tearing apart the fabric of society and so to live in a place i i can only imagine that people living in japan probably take for granted what they have there but it's not something to take for granted it's really it's something that can be distru- you know yeah I, I meet Japanese all the time. Like maybe I'll take a taxi or whatever. And the taxi driver asks me where you're from and stuff. Oh, that's a wonderful country. And, and, and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> this place, this place is heaven. You guys yeah, don't yeah. understand it. You can you can walk around your neighborhood. You know every here. I know everybody in the neighborhood. I recognize them by face. Yeah. Basically, know their names. But when I was living in California, I didn't even know my next door neighbor. Yeah, wow. and I'm talking about like you know. 30, 40 years ago, I didn't, wow. I didn't, wow. I'd see him every once in a while, you know, hey, you know, like they're taking out, hi, and the guy'd be like, oh, <laughs> go back into the house. All right. Okay. Talk to you again later. <laughs> <laughs> Great catching up. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and yeah. anyway, things are very different here. And I would say um, that Japan and um, yeah, Japan is probably like the 1950s was in the United States. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would say it's even better in some ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as sort of social cohesion and you know, it just it always it always amazes me to think about how much Japan has bounced back from. You know, when you think of the destruction wreaked by world war ii just how much was devastated physically but i feel like what wasn't destroyed was were the social i don't want to say social order but like the the social connections and and that fabric and and the way people interact and that you know is still there and that's what's been being eroded in my country that's what's been you know by the welfare state by the the, all the wars that the, that our government wages here, the war on terror, the war on poverty, the war on drugs, all this stuff that, you know, now we're in this place where the, the sort of communities and, you know, self-reliance and reliance on family is, is kind of considered if you, if you talk that way, you're an oddball. Um, whereas, wow. you know, you know, less than, you know, in the fifties, probably it was much more normal to 
rely on your community and your, your, your local community and yourself. And now it's all, everybody's reaching to the government for solutions and handouts and, and everything. And I could go yeah. on and on and on. Um, yeah. Um, in, in Japan, people think like um, if you are on, on the dole, getting money from the government, people think like, why don't you get a job? Right. Cause there's, there is basically uh, in Japan, there is no, mass um immigration mm-hmm. they don't they don't allow that um i think last year they let in 35 or some people out of tens of thousands who read registered for what do you call it um i forget what it's called running away from a country that's at war oh, yeah, for asylum for asylum yes, I, yeah okay oh wow they probably gave about 35 people wow. uh, uh permanent residents in this country and they say they're going to raise it up up a lot, but Japanese people don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't and you know, and you know, I don't. I, I'm someone who I don't believe in national borders. I don't believe that mm-hmm. that nations own the the land that they're ruling over, and I don't believe they should make those decisions. Mm-hmm. But when I think back to my time in Japan, it's it's the one thing that kind of that kind of makes me stop and think, you know, I, if I lived in Japan, I wouldn't want a bunch of people like me in there either. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly. I tell people like, God, we'll be sitting there at a restaurant and see some foreigners walk by and I'm with like three Japanese and I look over and I say, God, I hate these these foreigners. (laughs) And they're like, you're a foreigner. And I go, see, (laughs) I'm talking about. And there's, but, and again, yeah. I'm not, I don't believe in the nation state. I don't believe that, that nations should, should be doing that or controlling transportation or, or travel or any of that stuff. But at the same time, there's, there's this whole, there's this cultural cohesiveness that yeah. you guys still have and that you can kind of find in pockets in America, um, but not, not really. And yeah. it's kind of, it's hard to, put a finger on it. I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say here, but you know, when, when you have a strong culture and that, that to me, that's that in itself is kind of a defense against, against, are we going to a commercial now? No, 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 no. Sorry. I I, I hit a button. Having a strong culture, I think can be a defense against tyranny. And it's something that's been, so, so yeah, so, so as, as much as I despise national borders and, and nation yeah. states, I have a lot of sympathy for wanting to keep Japan the way it is and for, you know. Yeah, well, th- this country is 98% Japanese. They all came from the same place 30 or 40,000 years ago. And the last 2%, most of those are Chinese and Koreans. Right. And they're called right. Zainichi. And then... I'm going to sound racist, white people, white people and black people who live here account for about a hundred thousand people. I I read. So um, there's very few. And, um, and probably a lot of those are transient. Probably they're not, most of those are not staying for more than a few years. Right. Or. Yeah. Um, I know very, I've been here for 36 years. Well, more than 36 years. I know very few, maybe three foreigners who've been here longer than me. Wow. And, um, well, we all know each other and yeah. are friends. Because 
But hey, you know, I meet these 20, 25 year old foreigners who are came here. It's like, how long have you been in Japan, man? They're like nine months. And then they, they're, they're Japanese. It's perfect. They speak perfect wow. Japanese. And I, I've been here for like 36 years. It's like, okay, I'll just not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. I want to talk before I use you all up. Um, I want to talk about the, the, is it the Japan International Film Festival or it, Japanese it, International Film Festival? Japanese a Japan Indies Film Festival. Indies Film Festival. Okay. Tell us, tell us about that. Okay. The Japan Indies Film Festival starts November 16th. I guess that's November 16th. 17th. Your, your, okay. yeah, your day. And 17th and 18th. And so it'll run in your country till the mid, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon on the 19th California time. So it's, it's about in there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I started the Japan Indies Film Festival because I had been like a, you know, executive at some other uh, big Japanese film festivals um, before, and I just got tired of. Um, there's one thing that Japanese have, and it's called habatsu. You know, what habatsu is yeah. factionalism. So in a company, in an organization, there's always factionalism, habatsu, mm. and. These people, I mean, they'll be friends at night, but they fight constantly. And it, it just really irritated me. Like, we're supposed to be having fun, you guys, at the film festival. And I was in charge of international and our connection with Rain Dance in London. Mm -hmm. And um, people would try to pull me to be on their side constantly. This group, that group, this group. And I just got sick of it. It's just like, why can't you guys just get along and let's just have this film festival and, you know, peace and quiet. So I decided to prop up the Japan Indies Film Festival. And I talked to Elliot Grove at Rain Dance and he, he was all supportive of it. And I started the film festival. I think it was either November or December of last year. Okay. And oh, so last year was the first one. No, no. Um, it starts up and then you have to have submissions. From filmmaking. Ah, okay, okay. So and it's the first year, so I kind of thought I needed like a year of submissions in order to get a decent amount. So I got uh, 687 submissions, Wow, which is really good because yeah. in Japan, film festivals aren't really film festivals like how we think they are. In Japan, film festivals are festivals for industry insiders. Hmm. So, like, if you and, me, you and I made a film and we wanted to submit it to Tokyo International Film Festival, we can't do it unless you know someone inside uh. and you get an invitation. So it's not really a film festival. Rain Dance is a true indies film festival. They don't they don't pay money to the judges and the jury. They don't pay money to the the staff. Most of the staff are volunteers, and um, I think that's the best way in Japan. The film festivals, like, for example, Shibuya, whatever film festival, will have a, a film festival. And they won't allow submissions from people. Mm. They'll allow, like, a few, but um, they'll go to the government and say, hey, give us money to run our, your film festival. Government will say, okay, here's um, $50,000 or $100,000. But we want famous people to show up at our film festival. So then if you need, if you want Tarantino to show up at your film festival, you got to pay him. 
Mm-hmm. And you got to be paying him like, you know, 15, 25, $30,000. And then his staff and everybody in their hotel, airfare, everything. So I don't do that. I'm doing it the way Raindance does. I'm not paying anybody anything. I got judges and jury. Pretend, can you be a, ju- a jury member next year? Let me just tell you. Well, do I have to be there? No. Okay. It's all online. Everything's online. Um, possibly. Okay. Possibly. Well, anyway, so I started up the film festival, and I was planning everything. I rented a, a, a theater for two nights, and then I was going to rent a third theater, and that was the night um, the news about Corona broke. Uh-huh. And I'd already, I'd already paid for these theaters. Oh, wow. In full. And then oh, wow. things started getting bad. And then maybe three months ago, they sent me a letter saying, um, you can have your film festival, but you can only allow 10 people in the movie theater. I was like, what? That, that's, <gasps> like, that's 10 people, including me and uh, my staff? Like, so you're telling us eight people can right. come in there. We're going to lose, we're going to lose $1,000 that day. So wait a second. So um, um, I uh, got really depressed and started drinking, and then, <laughs> and then maybe, which is maybe, not frowned on. <laughs> well, this is no, nah, it's okay, you know. Uh, then um, the movie theater wrote to me again, maybe two weeks after that, and said, "Oh, um, and also you have to check the temperature of everybody who comes into oh the gosh. theater." And if people get sick and if something bad happens and they die and then their family sues the theater, <laughs> you are responsible. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> How can I be responsible? Don't you guys have insurance for this? So I was really depressed. Lots of things happened. Um, and because of Corona, a couple of sponsors dropped off. And I called up uh, or no, I, I checked online, online streaming services. And there's lots, but it's gotta be expensive. Them, they're really expensive, and most of them do not protect the intellectual property of the uh, film. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what what you think about intellectual property, and I have no opinion either. No, but it's it's. I'm sure it's an issue for the people who made the films, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I, I I called Elliot and told him like I don't know what to do. I, sh- I think I should just show the films at the movie theaters and do like they're doing at baseball games in the United States with nobody in, in the theater. And that right. Help. Or have little cutout cutouts of yeah. people sitting in the seats. I, I didn't know what else to do. And uh, he said, um, why don't you do it on our platform? And then we had to like uh, do some sneaky things and finagle a few things to do it because he's not allowed to do that. Huh. Um, should I cut this part out? No, no, it's all right. Okay. Um, it, it adds to the the excitement. <laughs> yeah. So he, he said, you can do it on our platform. And that was just like, thank you, God. <laughs> and so, um, like I said, the film festival is November 16th and 17th Japan time. That'll be 17th and 18th your time. And um, it's free. It's free for everybody. And the reason why it's free is because like I said, so many times, I, I think probably about eight times, I thought, this isn't going to happen. I'm going to go bankrupt. 
because there's no way for me to pay back the money to the filmmakers. The filmmakers yeah. pay like $50 and they pay through this online system. So I don't even know how to pay them back if, if I canceled the film festival. Cause I, I, I considered canceling very seriously canceling. And, um, but if I canceled, then the, the last sponsor, which is uh, the Tokyo chamber of commerce would have dropped off. And then next year I would be totally screwed up again. And because I think this Corona thing is going to keep going on next year too. I mean, it just depends how, you know, the virus itself is, is not, it's not going to go away. Um, I don't think we're going to see the numbers that we saw the first time around, but it really just depends how the politicians handle it. Um, And it sounds like you guys are, you know, they're being a little more sane about it there than, than here anyway. And, yeah, well, everything in the states is politicized, so yeah, you know. So yeah, anyway, yeah. so um, there's 24 films, and there's uh, most of them have won awards at other film festivals, and some of them are really, really good. I, so what are some them. of the ones you're most excited about? Um, I'm really excited about a movie called Make My Mark, and what's the director's name is Ken Webb. And this is a, this is kind of a dark subject for Japan. It's about a musician who's getting old, and um, he decides that uh, he's going to reach out and grab his dreams, and he's going to move to Japan and try to have babies with as many women as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's his dream. Yeah, you know he wants. It's called Make My Mark, and um, I don't want to tell you how it ends, but okay, like, okay. pretty funny and. Two, uh, two female judges said that that's by far the best best feature film. And then there's a there's a couple of really really good um, short films. Um, one is called Homesick, and it's about a father who um, lost everything at Fukushima. Uh. And um, it just brings me to tears to even think about this this movie. This is such a, a heavy movie and then there's um a documentary there's a documentary called um carving the divine and it's about carving buddhist sculptures yeah i think i saw the trailer for or I, I saw something on the website about that yeah and and this is a real documentary made by a japanese cuz like often i see documentaries like on bbc or whatever they're like you know the life of a geisha and stuff and then i watch it and it's like this is junko she's 22 years old it's like she's not a geisha all right (laughs) she's not a geisha i mean she might be a called a geisha now but she's doing it as a hobby or she likes the fashion or whatever true geisha were like so literally sold into geisha agencies and they had to work. Well, the, the film, the there, the film that you guys are running, um, is it called Life of a Geisha? Yeah, Matsuchio is a, that called Life. Seems like a yeah. genuine documentary about. Yeah, that's a de- genuine documentary, and so is this carving the divine about the life of these people who carve these massive, beautiful Buddhist, you know, s- statues and stuff, and when. When you watch it, you're like, "Oh my God! Somebody, somebody carved that!" And 
it's it's just amazing, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you see little little carvings like inside a piece of wood where there's like there'll be a village or something like that. That's nothing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Wow. So, um, those are really good films, and uh, um, there's a VR feature and a couple of music videos. But yeah, the short films, the documentary, the, the documentaries, and um, the feature films are really good. Okay, and I'm really proud of those. And so everyone can go on. Oh, you can you can put the link up on. Yes, I'm going to put the link up. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll all be it'll be right there. And I also just wanted to point out to people there there is an option if people want to. You said it's free, but there are options to donate. Is that right? Yeah. If people want yeah. to support, so you yeah. can make a donation if you if you choose to. Well, well, what what happened was is I was going to charge people like you know ten dollars to watch the whole film festival and any films you want. And then I had heard that um, online film festival so far and they started this year basically weren't doing that well hmm. with ticket sales. And I thought, geez, I might as well just give it for free to everybody and mm -hmm. just try to get the word out because yeah. what am I going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to get $110. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's not worth it. So Better I just to get it out there, spread it and try to get it out there. And then next year is going to be um, much bigger. Maybe I'll have a hundred films next year, but this year was just a struggle just to get past the finish line. And yeah, I basically, yeah, I bet. basically past the finish line now. So I hope everyone can um, take time out and you can send the URL link. It, it's up. You can find it now. You find it on this a site. You can send, take that URL link and you can say it's a gift from you, you, not from me. Get from you to your friends, your band fans, well, whoever you want to send it to. I don't care. And use it for su supporting or promoting your service or your sales or whatever, because everybody likes stuff free. Yeah. And it, so, and it looks like there's some, there's some awesome content on there too. So now what happens after, so I noticed that there are some films that you can watch before the film festival starts. Is that right? Am I uh, understanding that right? It looks like if you, there was an option with some of them that said that it was available now, or is, or is that a mistake? Oh, that's probably a mistake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, it should be the uh, 16th in Japan, which is the 17th there and 18th there. Okay. And so after that, these they won't be available online anymore. No. Um, you know, if, if the filmmakers decide to put them up in some way, you might be able to see them again, but this is your one chance to see them. Yes. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope you don't miss the chance because, like I said, there are some there are some movies that would just bring you to tears. Yeah, yeah. No, there was uh, there were some other ones too that looked really. Yeah. So really yeah, nice please everybody, some... please come to the JIFF Japan Indies Film Festival. Uh, invitation from Mike and Brittany. Yes. Yes. So okay, well, um, I should probably let you go. We've been on for a while covered okay. a bunch of ground um thank you so much for for doing this no thanks for having me yeah this well is, we'll have to do it again we'll have to yeah catch up um, and, and i i'm sending you two articles one is five five things nobody tells you about living in japan ah and okay. it's, it's it's pretty funny <laughs> and then the other one is is serious it's just um 
why Japan rejects what's it called rage culture hmm. in the the U.S. and oh, that's a, that sounds really interesting. It's very interesting, and he talks about the Japanese attitude towards abortion, um, Islam. What else does he talk about? And he talks about uh, swastikas. What everybody thinks is swastikas, but actually it's manji. Right, the, the Buddhist. It's like 20,000 years old yeah. symbol. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to send those to you. So if you, if you want to. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could probably be a whole other podcast episode too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Um, okay. So I'll send it to you right now. Okay. All right. It's been so, so and, and if you want to, I don't know if you want to talk to me about anything about Japan or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on, but I'm going to read oh, that article and then, yeah, hmm. go ahead. Well, last thing I do a radio show. I, yes. I said that, right? I do a yeah, radio you did, show. But you know what? I've, I'm going to link to it in the, um, uh, well, it's on so show. many different stations. Um, yeah. What's the best way to find for people to find your radio show? Um, all right, I'll just send you a Mixcloud link. Okay. Okay. And I put up the newest show yesterday. I I do uh, four shows now. Wow. So, um, yeah, I wish I could get paid a lot of money, but you know, I do indies music, and Fun. I I think um, Japan indies music is booming around cool. the world now. So cool. I'm the only one who does it. And the, huh. my show's in Japanese. Okay, but people can appreciate the music. You don't have oh, to yeah. speak Japanese to listen to the music. Yeah. So okay. I think they'll they'll like it. Awesome. So please check it out. I'll send that link to you right yeah, now. Yeah, I'll put that. I'll put that in the notes too. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks All right. so much. Great talking to you, and we'll we'll talk again. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Bye. bye.